And we're back. The Duran Show, episode number 15. Matt Mitchell, how are you guys doing tonight? We're doing well. Doing good. Awesome, awesome. And we're back tonight to talk about uh, just the general idea of list building, uh, whether we're balanced or aggressive. Honestly, the the topic kind of came up. Somebody made a joke about um, chicken legs at the gym. So I was like, huh, like <laughs> everybody makes fun of that. But then you think about when you're like building lists, are all our guys like super top heavy and can get knocked down? So that was like a rabbit hole. It spiraled. And then we all kind of thought at the same time, ah, why don't we actually talk about this? This is a, this sounds fun to unpack. Mm-hmm. Finally a spot where it's a good thing. <laughs> Dorito man for the win. <laughs> Arm wrestle champion. <laughs> uh, but only left-handed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyways, the, the, the general topic. So the idea of list building, uh, we all have natural tendencies. So I think we're going to impact those. The idea of tendencies, when you're building a list, the question is, what do you value in an army composition? Do you really value the ability to double down on strengths? Are you going to value the ability to minimize weaknesses, a combination of both? And maybe the last kind of nuance to that, when you're thinking about these questions, are you thinking about them primarily from a, a opponent matchup, a scenario matchup, or maybe a little bit of both? So I feel like there's going to be a lot to unpack here. Uh, anybody want to start right off the top? Yeah, I guess I'll kick it off and uh, be open to shell volley fire after this. <laughs> so I start not thinking anything about a scenario. Um, you know, I think most people start with thinking what army are they wanting to play? But, um, once I've found an army as I'm building it, some armies, you know, if it's a goblin town, it's going to be rinse and repeat no matter what. But if you're thinking of something with a little more nuance, I think, what is my strategy? Am I going to play defensively? Is this a sit back and shoot whenever I'll force my opponent to come to me and let the scenario play out after that? Or am I going to be the aggressor? Um, once I pick that, I typically think what allows me to flex to the strengths of that strategy, what gives me the most opportunity to kill, not be killed and break my opponent beforehand. And then after I solve that, then I'll apply, okay, what scenarios the way I've built this would give me trouble and I'll make tweaks after that. So I always kind of think there's a few common themes and not all scenarios have it, but most do. Breaking your opponent, you get points for it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, killing your enemy's leader and protecting yours. Mm-hmm. So that's the basis of everything I do, and then I sprinkle it out beyond that. But when you're sprinkling it out, you're saying you do actually go through it and make those considerations and make adjustments against, like, how far do you go down the adjustments road? Once you build your list, build your core strength, and then start analyzing scenarios and weird matchups. How far down the road do you go? Do you address every weakness? Do you just address like the top one? Do you gamble at all? No, I, I gamble quite a bit. And it'll it'll come down to I will either think, do I have enough model count to have board control? Or do I have a way to move fast enough that I don't need board control so to speak in a in a spread out fashion so i'll always commit to one of those two i i never try and commit to both because then i find that my army just becomes bland and and i prefer to live on the edge a little bit (laughs) it's more fun interesting 
I, I don't think that when I build armies or lists that I think about what I'm going to play with it. Um, I guess I could in general. Like, usually when I'm... Like, usually I have a basis of I want to make something work. So if I pick an army, I start building it. But when I build it, I'm thinking, okay, how does this synergize with itself to accomplish something? And I think I'm just thinking generalized, not necessarily how would this do against a shade? Um, I did that once and it didn't work out very well because I found I was too focused on the shade and then I couldn't match up well against everything else. So I usually had um, an idea when I build it like, okay, how do I take care of one big thing? If, if there's something in the army I need to eliminate, how does this do that? Um, and then like, you know, how do I maneuver this army? So mobility, but I think it's not necessarily focused on like, okay, how does this match up against this army or how does this match up against what's in the meta? It's how does this solve a problem if I need it? And then how does it interact? It's kind of like half and half. If I'm, if I'm going to split the line, like how does this interact with the scenario and how does this solve an issue? I get what Matt's saying though. It's very brilliant of thinking about almost every scenario offers VFs for breaking. So you need killing power, but I, I kind of take that as a given because almost every army has it some way. I think it's just more of like, how does it work? How does it synergize? What is it supposed to do? Because I run multiple armies that do completely different things, but I think that's what the army is supposed to do. And it, and every single one of them will handle every other army differently, if that makes sense. So like, for instance, Cond. Uh, Cond is all about push forward, take board control, and run over your opponent, right? And then wait till the, the scenario ends. And actually, I think Cond plays the scenarios the best because um, most of the scenarios, especially the new ones, offer uh, mobility as a benefit. So honestly, I, I, I think when I play Cond, I'm not necessarily worried about any army I play. I'm just going to play what Khan does. I'm going to do what it does. I'm going to push forward. I'm going to take control of the board. And then I'm going to hopefully be sitting on all the objectives by the end of the game. Um, whereas my Treebeard with Gladrill, the one we talked about last uh, episode, is not very mobile. So it's all about, okay, how do I get Treebeard set up and Gladrill set up to synergize so that they can take out whatever needs to happen. And then hopefully I can push through enough and maneuver the army enough to get to where I need to be. So I think they play a little bit differently, but that's just examples. Yeah. Well, and I did leave out one thing and it's stealing a line from Marcus from the last episode, but it's something that I will not take an army unless I can answer it. And it's how will it match up against Angmar? Um, because <laughs> I've been player. brutalized. I've been brutalized by <laughs> Angmar so many times that I don't care if I lose to every other thing. When I see <laughs> Angmar, I'm going to have an answer for terror, harbinger of evil, and a barrel light. There's going to be more than one barrel light can take out. That's funny. And I'm going to have a lot of stuff to shoot at Gullivar. <laughs> so I will say that goes to every army now. That's funny. They say you're supposed to like teach people very like slowly and bring them along slowly and carefully and i feel like matt we just threw you right into the fire because i yeah. feel like one of your first games was up against one of mitchell's crazy armies the second yeah. game was aragorn versus gullivar and a barrel white and you didn't even like get a combat off with your heroes that game <laughs> that's funny <laughs> he just sat there so defeated it's like well this game's stupid yeah well i don't want to go too far down memory lane but i remember thinking when marcus transfixed my uh, uh, King of the Dead and then charged Gullivar into him. I was like, well, this is stupid. Gullivar doesn't have strike. And I'm like, heroic strike. And Marcus is like, you can't. You're transfixed. <laughs> well, this is stupid. 
<laughs> but I have it in my profile. <laughs> and then the King of the Dead died, and then Aragorn died. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Painful memory. Yes, for everybody's listening, that's how we get our wins: is we teach people how to play and then stomp them into the ground. <laughs> that's yeah, the only way they learn. We yeah. did a good job, young Tootle. As soon as you win the first game, it's like, well, I've taught you well. Okay, from now on, it's it's not going to go easy on you, and we're not going to play anymore. <laughs> Matt, you can never charge a model unless you can see it. Period. You can't see me. You can't charge. Oh, by the way, I'm charging you. I have fell works. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, that was cute. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't say we were the best teachers, but we... <laughs> you'll never forget that, though. You'll never forget that. Um, That's how Marcus teaches. See, you won't remember. You won't forget that next time. <laughs> so, Marcus, is a tournament. Someone that tries to do this, remember, they don't love you the way I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh, going back to it, I thought of another example is um, like, for instance, this is classic. Like what I do is my uh, Earl the Young and Minas Tirith, you know, Kyrian, like that is not built to uh, handle all armies. That's just, okay, I want to make this work. This is what I can do with it. And then the first thing I thought of after I had built it was, okay, I want to play against Angmar to see what I can do against it. So, I mean... It's not necessarily building a list to handle. I obviously I thought of courage and everything like that and war horns and, but I think that's just the tools I have in the list to handle just generally. Not, I think maybe I'm wrong. Were you asking specifically like if you're dealing with a specific armies, like this will crush this army, but it will struggle against this army. Is that what you're saying when you build lists? Uh, kind of a little bit of both. But your answers honestly seem like kind of a little bit of ba- a little bit of both. Uh, so I guess what I heard. Well, a couple things. You called out the idea of meta, right? And uh, mm-hmm. the meta on Facebook, whatever the Facebook groups claim meta are, the meta in your local area, because everybody runs different armies predominantly in different areas. So the idea of building an army according to meta, I hate. I can't stand that idea. I did it, I think, a lot Um and I just really fell in love with the idea of, Mitchell, what you said, trying to force something to work. So I like to problem solve. How can you take something that's not loved and make it viable? So I, I like what you said there. But when you were talking about taking your idea and trying to find a way to make it work, what I'm hearing is you are like going through all of the scenarios in your mind. So maybe you're not saying Angmar. But you're saying categorically, how would this handle a terrifying a army? Yeah. A flying monster. How yeah. would this handle a horde? So you're you're already going through all of the different matchups in your mind when you're building this list. So okay. maybe maybe you build the core list and as Matt said, you you, you come up with your foundation of what you want to run and then tweak it. Yeah, but, I think that's a great but, idea. Yeah, you have your idea. So like the idea is Earl the Young or, or your, your Treebeard and Galadriel. And then from there you expand out based on, okay, how would this handle this magic? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, you're right. But so I think I'm all over the place and, and my ideas for list building have probably change every month. But my preference right now, the latest flavor, is not only taking um, – weird ideas or weird concepts that aren't super common, but doubling down. So the idea of doubling down on strengths, I'm all about right now. I I am uh, full chicken legs at this point. I'm only upper body. It's chest day for days. 
I don't, I don't even want to give a, give a second thought to balancing out an army from a, a composition perspective. It's either elites or normal troops and superheroes or superheroes and elites. There's not like a sprinkling or smudging of, of all of them. So, so less variety, but stronger in what you're strong at. Yes. And there is a reason. I Maybe it's stupid, but when you're playing in a tournament, right, the matchups, it's all luck of the, it's not luck of the draw. Uh, what what type what is the scenario style that we play where winner versus winner loser versus loser? It's not round robin. What is the tournament style? Um, it's, bra- it's bracketology because it's I mean it's it's yeah okay you, is that's what you, I call it? yeah it's mat it's pairings or yeah list rankings ranking okay. system or whatever yeah but it's not ranking system. I thought there was a unique term for it where it's specifically winner versus winner loser versus loser. Mm, yeah the I only thing i can think of is it's a bracket or something yeah uh, yeah i messed I'm that up because brackets is an elimination winners play winners but losers yeah. are out so I, there I is guess a it's... loser's bracket though i mean yeah so it works yeah all right i stand by my original answer <laughs> i'm right behind okay. you just because <laughs> so, i don't know any other answer but okay so so that that format you get your first matchup and you're going to win that game and after that Getting to the top table, while it can be somewhat consistent or recurring if you're putting together quality list after quality list, but there is a huge randomization in what army you play against what scenario you play from rounds two to three to four. And I love longer events like the Nova. I think Nova Matt was six games or five games. I can't remember exactly how many. It was six. It was four on day one and two on day two. So six games. Over six games, that normalizes a ton. I love that. But if you play a three-game event, oh, the yeah. odds of oh. the odds of getting your one weakness all three games, super high. Because you could either get a good counter from just an army list build perspective, or you could get a horrible counter just from the scenario that you're playing, or you could get both of them. So it's it's totally randomized. Uh, in a really hard way and honestly instead of trying to play that guessing game and prepare for every possible combination that could come at you in that random pairing as you progress i just i've really liked the idea of doubling down so whatever i do i'm just going to do it so amazing that i'll have at least a decent shot or as good a shot of being a tournament wrecker, a meta wrecker. So because you're building so far out the meta, you actually stand out as an anomaly and and people don't have a natural counter to you. And the scenarios are just always, you know, luck of the draw anyways. So hmm. that's what I've been having a lot of fun with. Hmm. Interesting. In all the tournaments I've played in 2020, I've had a lot of time to really, really test this theory, guys. Yeah. That's funny. Um, that's interesting because I think I think completely differently. I think I want the versatility. What's my answer for this? And just try to work it in somehow. So courage, flying monster, magic, uh, all these thoughts do play into my head when I build a list and I do try to have an answer for everything. I think you always have one weakness. So I think when I did the Easterling episode, I said, you know, I have oh, one, two, three, four, but I'm missing five and five was like model count you know, and stuff like that. So I think those are the, the general ideas I have when I build a list, which is, you know, heroes, your leader or whatever, um, mobility, 
you know, uh, killing power, uh, magic, and uh, model count or horde, you know, whatever. I think those are the ideas that I have. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to decide if I'm honest. I probably look at all of those things, even though I don't cog, don't didn't admit to it first. But I'm not that I will change. It's just I want to know how I will respond to it, and then I look at the list and make sure the strategy will work. Mm. See, I think I will change my lists. I think I will. You guys know better than anybody, but like I have such list anxiety pre-tournaments my list evolves like i'm like here's what i'm taking and then like it morphs 80 times and then i submit it and, and then we wake up the next morning and then it's i've yeah, painted the army. Army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we go to bed on friday night mass taking gun to bads and then saturday Shows up morning saturday. I, just, I just painted rohan last night i didn't sleep at all <laughs> <laughs> i hope uh, this goes okay I did eight practice game with my Corsairs, but I'm taking Suladan next tournament. I honestly need to just, there's commission painters, but I'm just going to start having a commission list builder and I'll just go with whatever they say because that'll take so much stress <laughs> out of my life. I don't need it. Hey, I'll volunteer, especially if I'm in that tournament. <laughs> yeah, you, you're disqualified. Oh. All right. A, a non-participant. Okay. <laughs> Guess what, Matt? That sounds like a great gig. I gave you hobbits allied with ruffians. <laughs> <laughs> I did make the mistake of one time I told Richard that I can make anything work. And he sent me something a list with the most garbage things. He had like black shields, goblins combined with Angmar, so it was a red alliance combined with but it wasn't like good Angmar. It was all the bad things about Angmar and it was like all these weird things. And I was like, I regret this. There's no way I can make hey, this work. <laughs> so so on the topic of forcing things to work, so right now I'm working on Lurtz's scouts. Is that no yeah. Uglux Scouts. What's the Lurtz's legendary legion, the new one? Lurtz's Scouts. Lurtz's Scouts. Okay. So I'm working on that. And like newsflash for all of you that know, I love bows. I actually have 17 bows in this list. So we're working on this idea that may not, this is what I'm trying to force. After that, it is Angmar with the um, Bard Chieftain. I love the model. I think That's it's epic. Yeah. It's so hard and it's, it doesn't match with any of the heroes I normally play in, in Angmar. So I'm trying a, yeah, a Warg Chieftain Angmar list. Nice. That's cool. So, but, uh, okay. So we, we've talked about it and honestly, I think we've all talked about it a lot, at least two or three times. List building is one of our favorite aspects of the game. It, playing is super fun, but list building is a close second. Uh, what, what are some concepts or ideas that you guys have worked on to, to show like how you're either building this balance or, or aggressive style? I guess we didn't really answer the question. So are you guys balanced or aggressive? I'm definitely aggressive. On I'm concept. balanced. Balanced? I'm balanced. Balanced. I think I fall under the balance category. Okay, so balanced, balanced, aggressive. So what are some actual lists or ideas that you've worked on to kind of demonstrate or, or show that a little bit? Um, well, I did an episode. Episode four was about Easterlings, whereas uh, I have a balance for magic. I have a balance for heroes. You know, uh, the only thing I, like I said, I was missing. Uh, in the latest list that I just built, uh, which was uh, at 1K, which 
was the we talked about it already which was treebeard gladrill and then to throw in the balance i need some sort of fearless so usually i go with keleborn but in the next iteration i did was get era halberd with his banner so you get a banner for banner support you get six inches and you get six inches of fearless so I, that's the balance i'm going for is how do i solve terror fearless um you know killing power and a combo of some kind some sort of setup to kill something yeah so i i won't talk about i'll try to stay away from the list we've already talked about on the show so i'll, I'll show you guys a concept i'm working on right now which is uh, a mordor and i i started i wound up trying to make it balanced but i i have been somewhat obsessed with the idea of dual casters who can still be a threat mm. on the field mm. and so the way I got into the list was I recently finally painted up a generic ring wraith on a fell beast. And I keep trying to work out how to get the ring wraith and a fell beast in. And I always wind up when I write a list taking the fell beast out because it's not enough of a threat by itself and it costs too much points. And I know other people don't think that, but I, all my lists, I keep dropping the fell beast out. And it was because I was trying to, to actually make the generic wraith a named ring wraith. So on this time, what I did was said, well, if I can't afford to put one ring wraith on a fell beast, the answer is I need two ring wraiths on a fell beast. <laughs> so I built uh, a Mordor list with the Witch King of Angmar on fell beast and a generic ring wraith on fell beast. And I started with that and I thought, okay, you've got a lot of points invested in magic. So you have to begin to balance it. So it winds up being an 800 point list, but the other heroes I took was Cardouche to be able to replenish the ring raise mm -hmm. will and to be able to get fury built into the list because i wanted to be able to say what if i have all this flying threat magic threat but i'm running into a terrifying army need to fix that so remnants of his angmar stars <laughs> but yes. keep, keep going everything <laughs> relates to angmar everything so comes know. back to angmar what if you face angmar uh and then thinking okay cardouche is great for fury but angmar has sapped his will and taken away my fury so the very first thing i did in cardouche's warband was cheap uh orc trackers to be able to keep replenishing his will if it need be mm. and then you think okay now i need a staunch line that will hold and not go anywhere so in order to do that i gave the ring wraith uh i gave the witch king uh eight uh black guard of baradur for the front Ooh, line i, like I backed, models. backed them up with spear and then i thought okay now i have so much invested in the fell beasts they're going to be a mobile threat, but if I need to spread out quickly, uh, we have to have an answer for that. So all of my bows, I put the more orc trackers on wargrad, on wargs to get mobility mixed in with still some shooting threat, which is pretty cheap, actually, when you do it. And then yeah, it's like 12 points or something, right? Or 11? Yeah, it's really, it's really cheap because they're five points base and then you pay six for the warg, I think. So, so. 11. 11, yeah. okay. Rules question. If you sap the orc tracker, does the warg get to stay? Get to take a courage test and stay? Courage test to stay. <laughs> it sees you Which sap the life from its rider. <laughs> it's yeah. like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. What just happened? Um, okay, and then as I thought through it, I'm thinking, okay, this is looking really good, but I've got to have a nice striking hero in the middle. So the last addition from a hero's perspective was got Shagrat. Get it out. Mm -hmm. And that solves another issue that I'm already thinking of, which is the might issue. Exactly. 
So as you think back through that, you've got a healthy amount of might. I hate being out heroic moved, especially with magic. Especially with Thulbees, yeah, yep. whenever you do commit. I've got two very scary threats. You might be able to deal with the Witch King, but then you've got another mounted Ringwraith with plenty of will, especially since if I get in real trouble, Cardouche uh, is there to give him will back. Uh, you've, got a, you've got a tanky Killy hero in Cardouche, and you've got a very... Uh, I said Cardouche, I meant uh, Shagrat. Shagrat. And then you've got a very annoying guy in Cardouche. And I filled it out, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but it came out at... Uh, 51 models total when you did it so i thought at, at 800 it's pretty slick that is a pretty big tax that people are paying for the second name ring rate are you what's your loadout on the ring rate i said 800 i was planning to for the february tournament so it's at a thousand i'm sorry oh, i messed okay. that up oh, okay. i was like i was gonna freak holy. out there for no, a no, second I, I i misquoted i was thinking about the february tournament so it's at a thousand points two raids on fell beast okay. some good okay. heroes and 51 models okay that's pretty good. Still really trackers are I was about to freak out when you said 800. I was yeah. like, no uh, way. How, so, how beefy is your is your second ring rate, your generic ring rate, from a might, will, or I guess will standpoint? Is he base? Yeah. He's so maxed 214 out? 214.2. Okay. So he's basically the same cost as a name ring rate. Yes. But he's a better caster than most of them. And I didn't really want to do the uh, Shadow Lord. I was thinking about Shadow Lord for archery protection, but I didn't think I needed it. But you don't get the special rules from. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Kamul. If yeah. you if you put somebody on a fell beast, Kamul be is like the man. Well, I know, but he's only got twelve will, and he's not that great of a caster. I want. It's I want always unlimited. Every wound you do gives you a will back, so sure. you can spill three in a turn and then kill three people and get it all back. You could. You could. It's not. It's not kill three people. It's do three wounds. Every oh, wound true. gives him a will back. So, uh, I was playing with him today. I mean, it's yeah. He's not as great as caster, but he's someone that the fell beast is not just gonna shy away from. It's gonna the fell beast is always in combat. Yeah. So, no. I. You're. You're absolutely right on that. I was just the the four plus transfix scares me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Don't don't let us ruin your your yeah, concept. Yeah. Go go with your concept. Yeah, and it's up for debate, but I mean that's just to try and show how I have a I have a concept. I wanted two raids on Fell Beast, and you build around to try and balance yeah. what do you do for terror, what do you do for shooting, what do you do for will replenishment, and how do you make sure you have a line in the middle yeah. that lets the ring raids do their thing. So I don't know how balanced that is. It's still a work in progress, but I didn't want to talk about something I've already done on another episode. So that's what yeah. I've been up to. Mm. No, I like it. And you're right. You do you do have like a, an answer for everything after you built your core idea of dual casters. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I think that's a great way of thinking about it. I have this idea. Okay. And now let's expand out from there. That's, that's great. <laughs> this is going to be a com like a perfect compare and contrast from the way I've been building lists lately, which is oh. what model do I like? Okay. What's the point cost? Okay. What's the total? Like, okay, that divided by point cost equals how many I can take. It's been a, it's been a really, I don't know, it's oversimplified probably right there, but um, I don't know something. Okay, something I've been working on lately. Smaller, I've never built a 750 list before, so I'm at 750, and coming back to dwarves, but I'm trying to run. Um, you know, I'm really trying to focus on underrated heroes and like heroes that don't perform as well. So I thought, you know, what's what's a really great option? Take the there? most underrated person ever, yeah, in the entire yeah. game. 
So I, I, I thought, mean, over overrated. Sorry, the most overrated person. Yeah, yeah Durin obviously comes to mind as yeah. a as a overrated hero. Yeah. So um, I think we're we're playing that one up too much. <laughs> but uh, no. So until Dur- we get cease and desist, we're <laughs> going to continue on. <laughs> so I guess the the concept of what I wanted to run, I wanted to run Kingdom of Kazad Doom. I wanted to run Durin, and so then it's okay. What do I run with Durin? And I don't. Um, I don't have a lot of variety. It's literally Durin, Heroes, and Khazad Guard, or some of them are upgraded to Hearth Guard, so it's not the same elite, but it's the same elite troop type. They're Khazad Guard. And it's max. It's I'm strong. I have a decent height fight value. I have so many wounding bonuses. I reroll wounds. I get plus one to wound. I can piercing strike. I have so much offensive firepower with staying power i'm not going to run away due to failed courage tests i'm not going to be failing charge tests um yeah it's it's really just what what am i good at it starts with durin three attacks plus one to wound with a crazy axe which is like makes him almost a lord of the west and then how do i add more punching power in and you guys were laughing at me you're like oh that's great but you should probably add a few dwarf ranger bowmen or a ballista or a um Whatever you guys were, t- I, I kind of tuned you guys out as soon as you said something besides Kazu Guard. But um, <laughs> I think uh, I, I'm going to stop you there. I think you're going to take. So you're saying that you're just going to take something that does really, really well and just do that a lot, and you're not thinking about variety or how it matches up with everything. You're taking probably the best 11 points you can spend in the game. <laughs> I like <laughs> quality. <laughs> the the Guard are do everything. They are defense seven, strength four, fight four have a hand axe they also have a two-handed axe they're bodyguards so they're fearless i mean you're probably taking the best troop in the game for 11 points and so, you're say you're doubling down on that that's not a bad i mean they do everything by their profile so to say you're doubling down on something is fair they, maybe it's a stretch okay but t- take it from the point of um what okay when you build a dwarf army what are their weaknesses slow movement mobility mobility the ability to shoot back because if you have a horde army shooting at you and they have the ability to sit back and shoot at you uh cavalry anti-charge and i guess one of the biggest weaknesses is no spear support in the cause of doom list and i'm i'm i am directly addressing that in my hero choice because i love the king's champion and the king's champion comes with two banners so yeah that's maybe some weakness mitigation right there because basically the entire army will always have a banner support because i have two freaking banners in the list um but yeah think think, okay so think about uh think about the idea of doing the ballista to be able to shoot back at something Mm. i've thrown that to the wind i literally do not sweat shooting in the tournament matchup in the random draw I've taken shooting and run up to blinding light. I've taken blinding light and not faced a single shooting army. It's just like uh, I have just a sh- I have just the same odds of running into my perfect matchup as I do my worst matchup. So the idea of balancing out with a few honesty bows, I hear honesty bows all the same time. Yeah, screw it. Well, <laughs> bring some bring another tank that moves slowly. <laughs> like <laughs> Now, whether that's whether or not that's good or not, that's just again, that's the flavor of the month. That's what I've been enjoying, yeah. like theory crafting with. But I'll counter this because obviously dwarves are hard, especially Khazad Doom. Those are near and dear to my heart. Um, the you say I don't care about shooting. Well, dwarves just don't care about shooting in general. They're defense seven. I mean, I, blinding light's not going to do much 
much more of a effort unless you're facing siege weapons, right? I mean, even no. strength three bows, even elves, they're like, eh, whatever. You're giving me flashbacks to the time I faced uh, the two the mortar catapults and lost like half my army in the first turn. That's true. Yeah, but you still won. Siege weapons. They yeah, they're the quality. Um, but I don't know. So okay, maybe doors are a bad example. Um, Your Aragorn and Gandalf with Minas Tirith. I like that a lot. Oh, okay. So that's that's the reverse concept because that's no elites. That is super mega heroes. But you're then, doubling down on your heroes. You're betting everything on your heroes. Yeah. That and, would, I think, a better example. And not jeopardizing. So what was the concept we talked about there? Jeopardizing model count to in, include a few elite troops or elite concepts. And I've, I've opted, at least when I finally get to play the army, I've opted to not go for that. I'm going to stay with my vanilla troops so I can include more of them, which means I'm going to be better at what I'm doing which is staying alive and not dying and not giving ground or giving up space. Yeah. So you didn't even go for Citadel Guard or even uh, Guard of the Fountain nope. Court to get that D7. Yeah. Yeah. You did. You, no, because I lost like two or in. three troops. Yeah. yeah. You went all in on the Ministry of Warrior and you put everything you had into Gandalf and Aragorn. And I think that's a that's an interesting list. <laughs> you say that with a straight face. No, no. I, it, it, <laughs> I say it's interesting, but then I had to think about how I would t- tackle that list. And. I gotta admit, I'm. I would come up, sh- you know, I would struggle against. It, I think with a lot of the things I build, because well, you're better. Then, you're better at a lot of things than me. And, and you're forcing people to invest resources to kill an eight-point warrior, mm-hmm. and that eight-point warrior is surprisingly tough to kill. Yes. When he has a banner from everyone. So, anyways. He won't he won't win a lot of fights, but he'll be tough to kill, and I think that's good. Yeah. So. Especially if you could figure out how to maintain shield wall if you lose the fight. Yeah. Ingold has been top of mind for that exact question lately. I've been trying to think, is there a way to bring him? But I digress. So you back into the shield wall, right? So I've never found it Ingold is necessarily needed. You don't back away with Ingold. So you're already in shield wall. Yeah. So it's a six-inch block where you're guaranteed your good defense. Yeah. Because that's the thing with shield wall, right? If you're if you're up against somebody who is more competent and knows what they're doing when they're fighting shield wall, if you have a traditional line, you're going to almost lose your shield wall because they'll start on an end. If they have priority, yeah. And yeah. then they'll start in the middle and come back out. And they'll never just go down the line or they'll never just go um, in the best order of operations. They'll strategically start in the middle, do a couple to open up the middle, and then start on the end and come back. So you're... Yeah, there's there's a lot of ways to tackle it. Yeah. But Okay, so that was that was a lot on just the idea of uh, army build and maybe it was just me rambling, but the other thing I wanted to talk about specifically was scenarios. So, Matt, I think you touched on this very briefly, just the idea of when you're going through that balance, how do you factor in scenarios, gamble on scenarios, etc. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know that I have anything revolutionary to talk about that, but there are certain things you have to consider. So you think, I always go, what will happen if I get seized the prize? Do I have a way to get to the middle quickly? And if I don't, what will I do expecting my opponent to get to the middle first? How will I break through? So I make sure I have an answer for that, even though I've never, well, no, I played seize the prize in Nova, but I think that's the only tournament where that's ever come up. 
then there's the standard objective one. So, okay, if if you're playing hold ground or any maelstrom scenario, do I have a way to make sure that I'm okay either spending might or is my army built in such a way that I don't need to spend might to make sure that I'm set up for success? I.e., does the army need to fight together? If the answer is yes, then I always try and find either might to boost it and make sure I have extra might or, you know, like a, a an army bonus or alerts type concept where I just go wherever I want to when deployment or get a plus on that. The ones that I, I really struggle with is uh, I never really play or bliss build around domination because everybody says that's a model count play, that's board control. I personally don't think it is. I And of course, I'm not the best player, but I think domination is about breaking your opponent and having at least half the objectives and getting the other uh, op- secondary points in that scenario. I don't ever try and think, how do I have a big enough army to control all five? I just don't think that's important. And if you build to that, you wind up getting too weak in that concept. So three is ideal, at least two, and get the secondary objectives. So I, I wait more towards the the killiness of the army in that. The one that I always do really think about is, uh, is uh, hold the ground, because that's a maelstrom. And I always think, do I have a kingpin that once I get him on the middle, nobody's moving him off? And if I don't, what happens if someone puts a Balrog on domination and they get to the middle first? How would I counter that? And how would I work with that? And that's something that always winds up influencing how I build the list because I'm always convinced I'm going to have hold ground with a Balrog facing me. I think this is... uh... And it's happened twice in tournaments. Oh. That's rare that... I hold won ground against, so that all that stressing out works sometimes. Hold ground against the Belrog twice, but only sees the prize once. What are the odds? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So, Mitchell, I'm curious to hear what you say, but I want to preface this by saying my personal opinion is I think this is where we either subconsciously or consciously spend, honestly, I would say three quarters of our time list building. Like when we're building the list, I think scenarios is what all of us focus on yeah. uh, significantly more than army composition or army yeah. matchups. Yeah. We give Matt a bad time for Angmar. We talk about no shooting. We talk about a lot of things. But I think uh, scenarios, I think you can, any army that you build will be competitive if you've got an answer for each scenario. Mm. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Cause I mean, yeah, uh, it doesn't happen often, but y- you'll see the objective ones a lot. So it's really good bang to bet on that. And even especially, I mean, this all goes out the window if you know the scenarios ahead of time. I mean, if you're given a tournament yeah. and they give you the scenarios ahead of time, you're never going to focus on what armies you might see. You're just going to focus, how do I beat these scenarios, right? But mm-hmm. in a random draw, I would say, uh, yeah, you're you're betting on at least an objective one, maybe two. Uh, <clears throat> And you're hoping not for a contest of champions or an heirlooms of ages pass, but you have to have an answer for it at the same time because it could, mm-hmm. if it could happen, it probably will happen. What Marcus says all the time: don't tempt the dice gods, right? <laughs> if it could happen, it yeah. will happen. So there's there is thought that you have to account for everything. So I absolutely agree, hundred percent. If I build a list, I will bet I will bet on myself winning the scenario and planning for every scenario rather than planning to fight every variation of a, every faction in the game. Yeah. 
My worst tournament performance is when they announce the scenarios ahead of time because I built I build to the scenario on purpose. <laughs> I'm much better on a random draw. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, so I guess I guess to answer my own question then more specifically, I would say I'm very 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 balanced when it comes to thinking about scenarios. Um, super aggressive on the army composition and building. I'll, I'll be willing to try crazy ideas. No my Angmar, no elite troop ministerith stuff like that. But for scenarios, I'm always either paranoid or or you just have your. This is something I think we've talked about in one of our episodes: minimizing your losses. So part of our conversation when we're talking about our scenarios, and maybe we can elaborate on this a little bit, is if there's a scenario you don't have an answer for, like I'm talking about dwarves. So what happens if I have seized the prize Recon. and I opted? Uh, recon or seize the prize maybe more specifically without march mm. okay so i know i'm not going to get to the objective first uh how do you minimize your losses so you know you're going to take a loss but how do you guarantee that it's a minor loss and not a major loss or how can you what's your stretch goal to make it a draw so you're playing for that draw your focus is the draw trying to minimize your your fall in the tournament standings because you got that one week matchup and then you'll just make it up when you get your strengths, you'll get your major wins when you hit your strengths, but you get draws when you hit your weakness type deal. Hmm. Interesting. I think as I played dwarves in a tournament, I think uh, seize the prize is not something I'm worried about. Um, Cause yeah, the March will help, but I mean, you can just fan out. I mean, where are they going to run to once they grab the prize, you can still get to it and kill it. Um, but I think I'm more scared of recon as dwarves um, just cause I've had some bad, you fan out and they just punch through one area or, you know, the, you, you group up and then they call three heroic marches with all Uruks and, uh, go around you. <laughs> and this is why I'm glad we're on YouTube now. <laughs> <laughs> Never have the Uruk High Scouts paid off more than that game. Every, <laughs> every model on the board was marching left Marching right. It was like the football player. I gave you the head fake and went, whoop. <laughs> the door and it were worked. Too, the door was a little too top heavy. Yes. But um, they broke their ankles for sure. <laughs> well, flat. Iterate what you said earlier, Marcus, I think, uh, which was um, if you face three game tournaments, um, you're more likely to build on your army and double down on your strengths, if you will, because what are the odds you're going to face all the scenarios uh, or those really, really weird, wacky scenarios. But if you do a five or six game tournament, you've got to balance yourself towards the scenarios because you're more likely to see those other scenarios and stuff. Oh, okay. So you would not really consider scenarios at all if you're playing a one day event type deal. No, I still would. <laughs> just knowing me. <laughs> just knowing you're, me. You're but so balanced. I know. I'm way too balanced. But I would like to think that I would double down if I was facing a three-game or one-day event or something. But I think I still have in the back of my mind those weird – that re recon versus an Urukai Scouts list. Nah, okay, you laugh. But the one that gets me is uh, Heirlooms of Aegis Past. Yeah, and that's a first. Problem. You start in the corners, so I think that's Maelstrom. But if you, I've had the one where you you basically start in corners, and the first prize they dig up. I don't know how you guys play heirlooms, but I always play. I don't dig up any objective. 
I'll race forward to dig up all the ones as far forward as I can and then work backwards. And so the last one to be dug up, I'm betting that a six isn't going to be rolled. And every time I do that, a six is rolled on the first objective that my opponent digs up. And so then I have to march across the board in a timed event. And I'm starting combat by the because I never take March, right, guys? Because March sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm starting combat right as the game's ending, and they're sitting on max points. So it's heirlooms is the one that I just I struggle yeah, with that one. Uh, has it happened? I, I mean, uh, seize the prize is another one, and I had a shot. The last time I did seize the prize in a tournament was against Sauron. And I had a shot at it of getting there first. I got it there first, and the guy saw Sauron bearing down on him, and he froze, and he didn't dig it up. And then Sauron came and dug it up, and I was like, well, there goes the game. <laughs> Done. Yeah. That's a Belrog on hold ground type scenario. Yeah. He, he had a shot, though. I won't say I didn't have a shot. He just froze in terror. <laughs> well, it's better than, like, getting it dug up, and then he just chills your soul and takes it from you. So That's true. Yep. Mm. Hey, thanks for digging that up for me. Takes away. Yeah. No, I would have blocked him off a little bit, I think. But I had uh, one of my earliest games was uh, Seize the Prize. I was playing against Urukai, and I had Minas Tirith. And they dug up the prize first because they had that nice movement. And we battled back and forth, and I finally stole the prize. And we were almost in a deadlock. I was up by, I think, one VP is the final turn of the game. And in the final turn, I got compelled <laughs> and I was like, why is he doing that? I mean, he can't bring me anywhere in. He's like, drop the prize and move four inches. I'm like, you can't make <laughs> drop was compelled. We looked it up. You can. <laughs> and I, lost, oh, no! I lost the game by a point. <laughs> that is Stupid a Saruman. <laughs> that was clutch with that 18-inch range on that. Because I had gotten away from him. I'm like, this is all golden. I'm all safe. Nobody yeah. can charge me. <laughs> drop the prize and move three inches. <laughs> I know we're, we're getting off topic, but the Saruman on horse is so much fun. <laughs> 28 inch threat range, but anyhow. Well, guys, it's been really fun. Uh, I, I think that's, that's pretty much everything. So um, it'll be, it'll be interesting again, if we get to start playing, I haven't played games in a long time, but uh, starting to put more thought into whether or not, there are ways to be more balanced. Like I, I always get you guys' opinions on my list. So I feel like I have tons of input from balanced or more balanced players than myself. But um, I have all these crazy ideas. I've built like 20 of them. I haven't played a single one. So I need to start testing them, see if they all suck. I find, it, I find it really funny that we all love list building and yet we're all too stubborn to take people's advice. <laughs> so we'll build a list and we'll present it and they'll, we'll all critique it and be like, no, you guys are wrong. I'm sticking to my guns. <laughs> so <laughs> You present the list. Hey, I just built a new 800 point list. Uh, tell me why you guys are wrong. I mean, tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> so so actually, <laughs> on that topic, I think uh, it's safe because by the time this airs, the tournament will be over. But uh, Marcus, you and I are playing in a tournament next weekend, yep. uh, 750. So I will be officially taking the advice that I wasn't able to take uh, from Matt for the Escalation Tournament. So I'm I'm augmenting my Corsairs with Harad to get some horsemen in there, or Serpent Horde, I should say. Hakala so, or Iverson? Oh, yeah, I said that. I will have to fix that. I'm taking Mr. Iverson's advice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I love, so Mitchell's going to be like, I see the gears turning his head. He's like, what do I have to do to get this episode published by? 
Yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> oh, hey guys, I had a break yesterday, so I just decided to release the episode and give everybody two weeks to prepare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and for the so for the first time ever, I'll see whether or not I've I've always liked the model Durin. I played Durin. I feel like I played Durin myself a hundred times because I played Mitchell a hundred times with Durin. Um, but I'm fielding for the first time. I painted him up. What last night? Got him all freshly painted. So he's going to join my uh, my red guard. We'll see how he does. So, yeah. so we'll make sure we include a review on the next episode and let you know how Marcus failed miserably and I won. <laughs> <laughs> I think the bigger topic to discuss is how Duran was so overrated in Marcus's list. <laughs> Guys, Loki, I'm kind of stressed out. Like, if I go over with Duran, that's true. Like, yeah, you're, you're really t- betting on yourself right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'm just blame that Marcus. Of- Marcus didn't really use him right. That's why. I mean, uh. yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll realize really quick what happened if like the start of our bat rep review is well. I just I'll tell you I had an off day. It was not good. The dice were not. <laughs> the with dice me. were not with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Uh, that's it for tonight. Have a good one. See ya.